Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. All right, Al, are you ready for this week's topic? I am AIM, even though I know nothing. I know. I am shocked by this. I feel like one day I'm going to bring to you one of these topics and you're going to be like, thank goodness I've heard of this, but I can't believe you've never seen The Great British Bake Off. I have not. I know what it is. I just never have seen it. Don't know anything about it. Besides, I assume it's a British baking show. It is a British bake in its simplest form, Allison. <laughs> if you're trivial, trivializing, trivializing it, trivial, trivializing it, triv, anyway. You're simplifying it too much. I am, I guess. I don't know. Am I? Well, no. Well, kind of. Anyway, it's delightful and epic. And it's one of my comfort shows. And it got me thinking this week because I've been watching it. It's one of the shows I put on in the background and watch on repeat that I don't actually know much about how it got started or what the kind of concepts and rules around it are. I just know that it makes me feel calm. So I thought I would learn more about it. And now I'm going to force you to learn about it, too. Great. I'm excited. Maybe I'll actually watch an episode. Do you like baking? I do. Like, I like that Nailed It show. Yes. Well, though they're a little bit different tones. <laughs> well, obviously, that one's hysterical because of Nicole Byers, right? That's her name? Yes. She's brilliant. She's the best. I follow her on Instagram. She's so funny. Are you even, like, a Food Network watcher? I don't have TV. Okay, Al, you can stream it. Discovery Plus has everything. I think Discovery Plus is one of the few I don't have access to. I don't even understand you. So you're telling me you don't sit and watch HGTV shows for just mindless television? No, I haven't had TV in regular cable TV in like nine years. And I, I now obviously we stream everything, but... I'm also horrible at starting new shows. I will watch the same shows just in rotation and never start a new one. Me too. I mean, I do too, right? Like Office and Parks and Rec and New Girl for me are on constant rotation. But Food Network, like Chopped, and I guess Great British Baking Show isn't on Food Network. I watch it on Netflix because it is, in fact, a British baking show, as you so simplified earlier. However... It is one of those things that you don't really have to, like, be completely invested in, although I have gotten pretty invested. Honestly, honestly, let's just start. We got to okay. start somewhere. Let's just go, go for on it, yeah. forever. All right. So today we are talking about the Great British Bake Off is how it's titled in the UK. And in America or in the US, it's Great British Baking Show because there was already a trademark in place by Pillsbury for the Bake Off title. So we had to tweak it a little bit to make it accessible. Oh, weird. Okay. So that's your first fun fact. They are titled differently depending on where you watch it. All right. So let's just dive in with some history. So the Great British Bake Off, often abbreviated as Bake Off or GBBO. 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 I don't know why. It just makes my heart so happy. Is a British television baking competition. Okay. So in fairness, Wikipedia also said it's a baking show, but it's actually focused on amateur bakers that compete against each other to impress a group of judges with their baking skills. So these are not professional bakers. These are amateur home bakers who compete to get on the show and then compete to win, well, essentially nothing, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 
So that is kind of the foundation. So it had, it was started in 2010 and it is a based on a contestant elimination basis. So like a lot of reality TV, we start with a certain amount of bakers and each week a baker is awarded star baker, meaning they're the highest performing baker of the week and someone is eliminated to get to the end of the series. Oh, so it's not just each episode is new people. It's like a whole season until we get to one. Okay. It's like the bachelor of baking. I thought it was more of like one of those baking shows where you have three new contestants each week and one person wins. And then next week we have new people. No, see, now you're thinking of nailed it where they're bringing in new people. You do an episode and you're out. So Bake Off is a group of 13. Some what the first season had 10 and then they did 12 and some had 13 and so on and so forth. But in any case, there's a group and they go throughout the series and each week someone's eliminated. Okay, so we're getting very attached to these contestants. We are. We are okay. getting quite attached to them. And everyone kind of has their favorites. So it's a whole thing. Right. So at the start of it, I think it's good that we lay some foundation. So there are two judges. That's the entire judging panel. So Paul Hollywood, who's been on the show since the start, and then currently Prue Leith is the second judge. We'll talk a little bit about them. Originally, it was Paul Hollywood and a woman named Mary Berry, who were the two judges. Okay. And then there is usually a pair of comedians that host. So at the start, it was Sue Perkins and Mel. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to butcher this. Giedrich? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to get burned for that one. Anyway, they started. They were the original host. They were a pair of comedians that worked together. When the show moved to a different channel in the UK, they got two new hosts. It was uh, Noel Fielding and Sandy. Oh, Lord. I'm so sorry, world. Gavig. Anyway, also two comedians. Sandy then left. And now the two current presenters are Noel Fielding, Noel Fielding and Matt Lucas. So there are two judges and then two hosts of the show that kind of keep the pacing happening. Okay, gotcha. And there are three phases during each show. When the show starts, there are the bakers, and then they each go through the different challenges throughout a single episode. So a single episode is an hour long. There's a signature challenge, a technical challenge, and a showstopper challenge. So that's kind of the formula for the show. So we've got two judges, two hosts, 13 bakers. Each episode has three challenges. We get a star baker at the end who's like, Tippity top, and then one of the bakers goes home. Okay, got it. Good? Yes. Okay. I will just give you some basic information on the show before we dive into that structure a little bit more, but the Great British Bake Off is actually credited for the reinvigoration of baking as an interest throughout the United Kingdom. That's how far-reaching its impact has been. Wow. Nearly 11 million people watched the first episode of the 11th season, and 15.9 million viewers watched the season seven finale, which was the largest audience in the UK's recorded history since the London Olympics in 2012. Wow, that is impressive. Yes. So quite the following. And I couldn't find like Netflix numbers for it in America because that's most typically how viewers are accessing it. But it has quite a following in the States as well. Okay, okay. All right. So just as another proof point on how great it is, not that I needed another one, it does have an 88% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Good for it. Well done. Thank you. I thought that was a fun fact. I just thought I would slip it in there. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about our judges and then the episode structure. So we talked about three judges. So Paul Hollywood, who's been with the program since the beginning, Mary Berry, and then Prue Leaf. 
So Paul Hollywood, who is known for having very gray hair and steely blue eyes, like very vibrantly blue eyes, and he's very well known for his bread baking skills. Okay. So something else to note, Allie, is each episode has a different theme. So week number one is usually cake week, and then there's like a bread week, and sometimes there's like a Victorian week and stuff like this. So each week is a different theme that the bakers have to meet. Okay. That makes sense. Like a cho- like a chocolate week. So in any case, so the reason I mention this is because Paul is very well known for his breads, and so everyone gets really nervous during bread week. I would be nervous too. Yes. He's also coined something, I don't know if he coined it or the world coined it, but there's something called the Hollywood Handshake. So... Although Star Baker is the top performer of the week, it is also very important to the bakers who get the Hollywood handshake, meaning during one of their reviews, they get a handshake from Paul, which is like, you've made it. He thinks your recipe is the tippity tops. Oh, okay. Yes. So just just fun little cultural things I thought I'd share with you. I love it. These are things I know, so I'm just telling you these facts. I didn't become an expert on this. But what I did become an expert on is that... Paul began his career at his father's bakery as a teenager and went on to serve as the head baker of a number of British international hotels. He's also appeared as a guest on a number of British television shows and began his broadcast career in food programming. He's also now working in other areas like cars and motors and stuff like that. He at one point made an almond and roe... Oh, I'm so sorry. These British words are going to kill me. Roquefort sourdough, an almond and Roquefort sourdough recipe that is said to be the most expensive bread in Britain. The Roquefort is supplied from a specialist in France, while the flour of the bread is made by a miller in Wiltshire. Hollywood describes it as the Rolls Royce of loaves. Oh, I would love to taste it. Exactly. I know. Does that not sound so? I mean, honestly, the Rolls Royce of loaves just makes me want to eat any bread. Does it say how much it is to get one? It does not say. Mm. Nope. We'll have to look that one up. What it does say, though, is that Hollywood, who so Paul Hollywood is essentially the Simon Cowell of Bake Off. I would argue he's not nearly as harsh as that, but he is the one that is more critical, more particular, more critical. Okay. Yes, Ellie. Well said. Well said. Thank, Good job. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So then let's talk about Mary Berry. So Mary Berry was one of the <laughs> I original. Just, I love that. Mary Berry. Maybe. And she's this very tiny, petite, little British woman who's a baker. I don't know if she's British. Now I feel like I'm butchering all of this. Uh, please forgive me, listeners. If you can educate me further, please let me know. But anyway, she's very tiny. She's no longer with the show, but she's very well known for her cookbook. So Mary Berry, whose birth name was Mary Rosa Allen Hunnings, who is professionally known as Mary Berry, is a well-known food writer and TV presenter. She's popular for her appearances in shows like The Women's Hour and Saturday's Kitchen. She's also published more than six dozen cookery books. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of books. She's had quite a career, and she was a great judge. I really like the seasons. I am a little partial to Prue. I don't know why. She reminds me of one of our aunts. So she just has like this funky little pep in her step. She wears really cool jewelry and stuff. I just like Prue. So let's talk about Prue. So Prue Leaf is the newer judge. She joins Paul Hollywood in the more recent seasons. She is one of the country's foremost authorities on all things culinary. She is a renowned restaurateur, caterer, food writer, novelist, broadcast, and television presenter. She's also a successful entrepreneur and businesswoman. And in the past... 
the Vivove Cliquot Business Woman of the Year. Butchered that, but I said it with confidence, so it counts. <laughs> there you go. So now that we know our judges a little bit, let's talk about the episode. So this is really where I started to learn some of the things that I had no idea on how like the show was established and how long things took. So the episodes for the show are filmed on the weekends, meaning that the bakers are going back to their homes during the week and then they're coming back to the tent. I guess it's good context to tell you that this is all filmed in a very large tent in a beautiful field outside of like a brick mansion. Okay. So very picturesque. So they go home during the week and then they come back to film each weekend. I like that, that they actually get to go home and compete their families, live their lives. And then this is just like a weekend gig for a while. Yes. What I do know, though, is that they spend a lot of time practice cooking at home. So in the week that they're home, they're prepping for the next bake. Okay. They do this for 12 to 13 weekends, depending on how many participants are in the season. And the days of filming can be up to 16 hours per day. Yeah, I bet. Baking takes a long time. So as in a lot of different filming atmospheres, the bakers and presenters wear the same clothes throughout the weekend for editing purposes. The signature and technical challenges that I mentioned earlier are filmed on Saturdays, while the showstopper are filmed on Sundays. Okay, makes sense. Gotta break it up. Each week, the amateur bakers are given three challenges. So we talked about these, but let's break them down a little bit more. So the signature challenge, this is the challenge for the amateur bakers to show off their tried and tested recipes for bakes that they might make for their friends and family. So these are their recipes that they're then putting into action on the show. As long as they're in theme with whatever the week is. As long as they're in theme with whatever the week is. So if it's like cake week, they're making a cake. If they're doing, they've done chocolate week, they can make like brownies was one of the challenges. Okay, got it. So then the technical challenge is actually chosen by Paul and Prue, and they are pulling from their recipes. And this is the only recipes that the bakers can't test. So they are coming in blind. They don't know what is going to be chosen. They're given all of the ingredients and then really basic stripped down instructions to produce whatever the technical challenge is. Oh, wow. So like, here's the general. Make it work. Here's the general. So some examples have been one of them was like make pitas on a campfire or there's things called maids of honor, which are like little tiny pastry cups. So they're given the ingredients under essentially a blue gingham cloth. All of the ingredients are hidden, basic instructions, and it'll say something like mix the eggs and flour, put it in the oven, but it doesn't give them like a temperature or a time. Or one egg or a cup of flour. Correct. So they have to have enough technical knowledge to kind of know ratios of how mm -hmm. things should be going together. Correct. Oof. And there's, it's very obvious in the episodes when you have made something similar before that it helps you, right? Because if you're trying to make a pie crust, you kind of have a basic concept of what that should come together like. Right. Yeah. So that's where the real drama happens. I was going to say, that sounds like the scary challenge. Yeah. It's, it's usually the high pressure one. There's a lot of tears when people get frustrated by that one. That's not as calming for me to watch, but in any case, the show stopper challenge is just what it sounds like. It is the grand challenge of the episode, and it's usually a really intricate request from the judges. So make a three-tier cake or build a bread sculpture with a moving part on it or something like that. And do they have recipes and stuff? So they this, this is one they can practice ahead of time? This is one they can practice ahead of time. So the bakers, actually, what I learned, get to make their shopping list. So they can request whatever they want from the production team for both their 
signature and showstopper bakes. So if they want a special kind of vanilla or if they need a certain brand of flour, they can request all of that and the production team handles getting it for them. They are also allowed to bring any of their cooking materials from home should they choose, meaning if they want a specific pan or they want to make a mold or something like that, they can bring it in into the set. Okay, yeah. So if you have your grandma's lucky spatula and you only flip with the spatula, you can bring it. Correct. So you can bring that. You can use whatever you want. And it's also all then debranded, right, so that the production team can take off labels and stuff like that. So the TV part of it still comes into play. So another piece of the production is that the judges are not actually with the bakers as much as it may seem on television, which is something I did not know. So when you're watching the episodes, you see Paul and Prue walking around and talking to the contestants, but they actually are only in there for what they call the royal tour, which is them walking around and talking to them, and then they leave again so that they don't find or create a bias in the way that they're judging because they are the actual judges for the show, meaning production has no say in who wins or gets to go on to the next week, like in a lot of reality TV. That makes sense then. Yeah, that they can't stay and hang out and watch you. Because I could see how, yeah, if you sat there and watched the contestants, you might start swaying your opinion based on certain things. Okay. Based on certain things or based on your, like, if you grow a relationship with one person, right? Because you've got something in common. But I thought it was really interesting, too, that, you know, it's really based on the baker's performance and not on television. So where in a lot of cases, reality TV might try and find like a dynamic, right? And keep the most controversial people on. That's really not British Bakes Off's like vibe at all. They are very much like you are the best person. You deserve to stay. They also judge just on the week. Meaning if you were really impressive last week or you've been a consistent baker for three weeks and you really mungle up this week, you could go home because we're only judging on what's happening right now. So there's no safety. There's no immunity week to week. Nope. Nope. No, they don't have any of the survivor tools. You can't phone a friend. Nothing like that. Okay. All right. How old is that? Is that still on TV? Who wants to be a millionaire? Will people know about phoning a friend? I think it's still on TV. I don't know who yeah. hosts okay. it anymore, but. We, you can, like we've been talking about, you can prep your recipe in advance. You actually have to submit it for review. So as the recipes are then vetted, you've decided based on the themes for each week as a baker, you submit it to production, they vet it, they obviously shop for the items that you need, and then they put that into a log to make sure that everyone is kind of baking what they have planned to make throughout the series so that they can track all of that. And then also there are illustrations and developmental TV side of things that come alongside it. So that helps them get ahead of the game. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So those are some of the, just, you know, the basics of how the episodes are run. There's a few things that are also like tested to make sure they're tried and true for the actual bakers. So every week the production team bakes a victorious sponge, which is a very delicate sponge in all of the ovens every day to ensure they're functioning properly. So everyone's ovens are expected to be doing the same thing and performing the same way. Quality control. I like it. Quality control. So now that we've talked a little bit about how each episode has come to be, I wanted to share some facts with you. Although it seems like there is a lot of food left over, they actually allow their more than 100 people who work on the show and in the tent to eat the food after they've presented, meaning that all of the cakes and everything that you see being made that Paul and Prue take like two bites of, 
they allow the crew to eat, and they save a bite of everybody's for the other contestants to eat. So if there are 10 of you, they save 10 bites so that the other nine contestants can try your cake. Oh, I really like that. I would love I that was nice. to work on this show. I d- it's so delightful. I'm just going to take a pause here. This is not factual. This is like an Amy's commentary. I'm sure all of our listeners are like, Amy, you've gone rogue. And you know what? I have. Oh, you have to live with it. But it just makes my heart so happy. They're so nice to each other. They get along. They help each other. They support each other. There's no cattiness. It's very much like you need an egg. Here's an egg. You dropped your thing on the floor. Let me help you. You can't move your cake by yourself. I will help you lift it. It's just so delightful. Oh, that is, that's really nice. Yes. See, this is why I like it. If you need a calming show, I highly suggest it. Also, the person, the whoever the person who does their illustrations is, they have it. So they like... If you, Allie, are baking a chocolate mousse cake, then they describe what you're making and then they have an illustration. Those are just the most darling illustrations I've ever seen. Aw, if I was on the show, I'd be like, can I have a copy of all my illustrations, please? Like a little flip book? I'll like frame them and hang them in my kitchen. I wonder if anyone's done that. So other fun facts to share. According to The Guardian, during season four alone, the bakers went through 440 pounds of flour 176 pounds of chocolate, 330 pounds of sugar, 198 pounds of butter, 9 gallons of double cream, and 2,000 eggs. Wow. That is a lot of ingredients. Yeah. So that was just for season four alone. So there are, I believe, 11 seasons, maybe 12 now. Oh, my gosh. What a very basic fact. But essentially, they're using that volume per season for the bakers. Wow. Yep. And it takes the total amount of time to clean up is about 208 hours per season. Oh, yuck. No, thank you. Yeah. Those are just some of the fun facts that I thought were really warm to my heart. They have a couple spinoff shows like the Junior Bake Off. They also have a few that got started after, which sound awesome and I'm hoping to find. So they also have a show called The Great Pottery Throwdown. Oh, that would be fun. Great British Sewing Bee, which sounds that so sounds pure fun and delightful. Too. Right? I would totally watch the Great Pottery Throwdown. That sounds like my jam. The sewing one sounds fun. I wonder if they're making like, well, they're probably making different stuff every week, right? Yep. So one other thing I just wanted to talk about before we start to wrap up is there are some issues that the bakers run into while doing their filming. And so it is real life baking in a tent. And so when you think about baking in a tent, it comes down to the bouncy floors, the heat and humidity, the fact that it's not your kitchen and you're working on a designated space. So they did note that as some of the hurdles that the bakers have to contend with. And there has actually been episodes where you can see where things like spun sugar have melted because it's warm outside and you're not in a temperature controlled kitchen. So there is some actual, well, it's all reality baking. They do a very good job to make it true to form that these are amateur bakers. They're actually baking. They're doing it on a time frame, but there are other elements that the bakers can't account for. So I did just want to throw that in here because if you do watch the show, you will see some of that drama unfold. And even though it's nothing compared to other reality TV drama, it's like your ice cream cake is not going to set because it's 90 degrees outside. Oh, yeah, that'd be hard. And what about all the bugs? Yes, all the bugs. Okay, so let's get to my husband's most controversial part of the show which I said we would talk about later. So as we're coming to a close, I have two more things I want to share. One is the bakers do not win anything, meaning cash prize. There is no cash prize. 
what the winners of British Bake Off receive is flowers, a bouquet of flowers, a cake stand, like an engraved cake stand, and a little bit of fame. Okay, so it's basically flowers and a trophy in the form of a cake stand. In a form of a cake stand, yep. And it's truly for the honor of getting to be in the tent, which I also think goes along with people, right? Like you're not living in a mansion, you're going home during the week, you're coming back and baking, you're getting to hang out with other bakers, you get some some notoriety on TV. But I watch this quite frequently, and this drives my husband nuts. We have watched several of the winners, and I get emotional every time because they're just so excited. And he's always like, they didn't even win anything. And I'm like, they won honor. They won Apparently bragging it's not rights. enough for Matt. Yes, but like it nailed it. They get $10,000, and they didn't even make a great cake. And these people are making great cakes. Yeah. I had a teacher one time in high school who, when we'd play games, like in the classroom, everyone's always like, well, what – what does the winner get or what does the winning team get? And he'd say, bragging rights. You can bring up as much as you want that you won for the rest of the school year. And that's what this makes me think of. You just get bragging rights. You can bring it up for the rest of your life that you won. (laughs) Yes. So that is one of the things, the point of contention in my household is that they win nothing. And I find that charming and delightful. And my husband finds it infuriating. So (laughs) depends on what side of the coin you're on, I guess. Oh, that's funny. So my last little tidbit is just talking about the winners because they don't, quote unquote, get anything, right? They don't win a cash prize, but a lot of them do get notoriety from this and then are able to pursue, if they so choose, baking as a career. So many of the previous winners, second up, you know, uh, what are they called? Runner-ups also have released a number of cookbooks, different cooking lines, have opened restaurants, very successful careers following this. Many of them just went back to do what they were doing before the show and do some of this on the side like food blogging. I did look up to see who was maybe the most notable winner and it's actually one of my favorites, which I was really excited to see. So I will leave us with this. So Nadia Hussein is arguably the most successful victor of the Great British Bake Off. She has been extremely busy since winning the Bake Off. She has published books. She's released novels. She released a children's book. And she also writes a column for the Times Magazine. She has a line of cookware. She starred and hosted a number of TV shows. So she has starred in shows called Nadia Bakes and Time to Eat. And I guess she has a new show called Fast Flavors. So those are all running um, in the British television space, but you can find some of them online. And as a last fun fact, she also baked Queen Elizabeth II's 90th birthday cake. Wow. Now that is really cool. That's some bragging rights right there. That is very cool. Yes. So she is the most notable winner, but many of them have been very successful following and all of it is just a delight. So that is my expert recap of The Great British Bake Off. Awesome. Do with that what you will. Thanks for letting me talk at you again with one of my favorites. If you have any comments, corrections, suggestions, you can email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's also our Facebook, our Instagram, and our website. You can find us there. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24-Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 